This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Join you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for making this, as always, a part of your morning routines. Uh, we join you, of course, with now just five days left of the January transfer window. And tomorrow, of course, Arsenal will take on Manchester City for the first time this season. More on that shortly. Uh, But firstly, good morning to those that have joined us live in the chat box. As always, Rich, good morning to you, to Matt G, James. uh, We've got Stephen, uh, Olu, Conde. We've got Brad, uh, Kaiser, Carl, Morgie, Stevie, uh, Elder Boatza. Uh, who left a very kind comment in my comment section the other day. Thank you uh, for that. Uh, Marcus, good morning to you. Afsab, Matt, uh, Aidan, Temi, Martin, Gary, Mr. Arsenal, Manu, uh, and plenty more as well. Thank you so much, everybody uh, that's tuning in and that continues to tune into these shows. I do want to make something clear, by the way. If you've tuned into this show for the first time during this January window or in the build-up to this January window where we've been doing the Arsenal transfer shows and you're thinking oh, what are we going to do when the January transfer window finishes? Like, what are we going to be talking about? Well, I can tell you that while the Arsenal transfer show stops on the 1st of February, the Arsenal news show takes over. So even though we stop doing the shows about, well, about, I say about transfers, they're still going to be talking about transfers. But even though that the Arsenal transfer show isn't going on because the transfer window is closed, we do the Arsenal news show still every single morning at 8 a.m. So if you've joined us for the first time during this January window and you're really happy with how your morning routine is listening to these shows, Don't worry, the 8am shows continue into and throughout the season. It just becomes the Arsenal news show. So do indeed 
join us for those after the uh, the window still closes. As I mentioned, Arsenal take on Man City tomorrow and tonight. We'll be doing our preview for that. I'll be joined by three of our members from the Discord server at 6pm UK time to look ahead to that game against Manchester City. Be interesting to see how it works. I'm obviously uh, going to be going up, be travelling up tomorrow to Manchester for the game. I'm going to be working it. So I'm looking forward to that. First time I would have been in the Etihad. First time seeing the likes of Hurling Holland live as well. Very interesting indeed. Seeing, I assume he's going to play. I think he probably will play. I think uh, Pep Guardiola is going to make a statement or try to at least in this game as well. So uh, it's going to be a very interesting game indeed. Uh, and we'll be interested to see who we get to speak to after the game in the mix zone as well. Um, now, two matches of Arsenal's have been rearranged. Arsenal were due to take on Fulham on Saturday, March 11th. But that game has been pushed back a day to the Sunday, uh, March 12th. And it will be a 2pm kickoff, which is quite nice, uh, especially for me. It's an away game, so I'll probably be going to that at Craven Cottage. Uh, in West London. 2pm kickoff, so should be done uh, by early evening. Uh, and also uh, the following week when we're meant to take on Crystal Palace, we were supposed to take them at the Emirates, but that has also been moved from uh, March 18th to March 19th, again at 2pm at home. Again, nice time for a kickoff in the afternoon. It gives you the evening that's free. That's been moved because of the participation in the Europa League. Uh, so that's why that one's been moved. Not necessarily because uh, it's not been selected for live TV transmission, though, apparently in the UK. So uh, that Crystal Palace game at home, not sure if that's going to be viewable on UK TV, uh, just to keep you in the loop. But that might change. We'll have to wait and see. Now, Cedric has agreed a six-month loan um, to the uh, to the uh, to Fulham, and he will be there for the remainder of this season. Fulham will also take on the full wage, and I was a bit surprised to learn actually the wage uh, that he would be on um, because uh, Cedric is in a situation where he obviously signed for Arsenal on loan from Southampton in twenty. 20 in that January transfer window and he was on around £65,000 per week it was said however when he signed on a permanent contract in the summer of 2020 that wage went up and that wage is nearly a hundred thousand I didn't know and I wages are one of the most poorly reported things across because they're very hard to get details about how much players are actually paid but reportedly that wage was increased to around a hundred thousand pounds per week now of course, this is before um, Raul Sanyehi left and Kia Jarabjian wasn't a massive factor in the club. And you can see that we're still paying, unfortunately, the uh, the ramifications of being involved with those two in particular. And Cedric's, tra- Cedric's wage is just extortionate considering what uh, he's brought to the side. Um, it's kind of crazy, actually, that we're at this stage. But uh, Fulham will take on the full wage of Cedric between now and the end of the season. And that is a deal that's expected to be announced in the coming days. Now, Mikel Arteta faced the media yesterday. Kai Karnak, my colleague at Football London, was in attendance for that and asked Mikel Arteta about a number of topics. He was also asked by others uh, about other things, including Gabriel Jesus's four to five week timeline, uh, of which he was caught saying to... Uh, uh, Magnamedov, uh, the UFC uh, UFC fighter, where he kind of said, four to five weeks and I'll be back. And Arteta was very coy on this and refused to buy into that description. He's obviously said that Jesus wants to return tomorrow, but we know that that's not possible. Hopefully we get more of an update the closer we get um, to that uh, that that timeline of Jesus returning. But if we're honest, he doesn't get straight back into the team right now. And I wrote a piece the other day on Football London talking about how actually... 
you know, there's a lot of talk about how we've not really strengthened Saka's position. I do genuinely believe that Gabriel Jesus could be a competitive option on that right-hand side. And you could see Jesus brought in to give uh, some rotation and rest and cover to Saka, uh, whilst Eddie Nketiah is undroppable. So uh, I think that's an option for Mikel Arteta and Arsenal when Jesus does indeed return. He also confirmed, unfortunately, when asked by my colleague Kaya uh, about El Nenny's injury. Uh, there had been rumours, and if you actually remember yesterday, I spoke to you yesterday about uh, Mohamed El Nenny, and I said I'd heard some whispers that the injury to El Nenny was actually quite significant. And he did indeed confirm that there is a concern. There was then further reports that came out uh, from a number of outlets that it could be in the region of three months plus that El Nenny will be out for. This has obviously led to Arteta saying that he wants us to sign a midfielder. He wants us to bring somebody in between now and then. And this is almost a carbon copy of that winter, uh, of that summer window, if you remember. El Nenny got injured against Fulham, had that. Uh, and that happened, I think, on August 27th, because it's the day after I got married. Um, so August 27th, El Nenny got that hamstring injury against Fulham. And of, of course, in the last few days of the window, we were scrambling to try and get Douglas Louise that wasn't successful. Arsenal have a few more days in this case and have had some time and knowledge about the situation and so have been working behind the scenes on a potential replacement in midfield. Um, it's also said that a midfield signing wouldn't necessarily impact Arsenal's hope of bringing in Declan Rice in the summer, which is a positive thing. But we know now that Arsenal need to make sure they strengthen that midfield between now and January 31st. Now, Arsenal rejected a loan offer from Monaco for Sambi Lukonga, unsurprisingly so. Maybe if Arsenal had brought in one or even two midfielders between now and the end of the window, we might have seen that Lukonga Monaco uh, offer accepted and he might have spent the last part of the season in France. However, because of Mohamed El Nenny's injury, Arsenal can't afford to allow Sambi Lukonga to go on loan. However, in the summer, that may be significantly different and we might see Lukonga leave in the summer on loan. I think it's a, the right decision to do that. I think he does need to go on loan. I think he needs to play week in, week out, come back, and then we can assess what his situation is. Hopefully, we'll have uh, Charlie Patino coming through to replace his place in the squad, in addition to extra signings as well in the summer. Um, now, Ibrahim Abamba, who is a player that Arsenal have been linked to, uh, playing currently in Portugal with Vitoria. His agent was spotted in London, posting to his Instagram story that he was indeed there. Uh, Bamba has been called up by Roberto Mancini to train with the senior Italian national team. He plays in Portugal but can represent Italy. Uh, whether or not this is an indication of potential talks with Arsenal, it's purely speculation at this point, but it was something that was circulating around social media yesterday. Uh, Arsenal apparently want to hijack Chelsea's push to sign Moises Caicedo. This is our headline story of the day. The £75 million rated midfielder has been courted and wanted by Chelsea, and they've already had a bid rejected this window by the Seagulls. However, according to Sam Dean of The Telegraph, Arsenal are interested in potentially rivaling Chelsea for the signature of Caicedo. It would be very, very expensive indeed to get this deal done. However, surely would be a massive coup for the club if they are able to get a deal for Caicedo done in the window. He has just changed his agents. And because of that, it has opened up opportunities for not just Arsenal and Chelsea, but Liverpool also said to be interested in the Ecuadorian international. Had an impressive World Cup and has continued to have an impressive season for Brighton. Uh, only moved to Brighton, I believe, less than uh, two years ago, moving straight from Ecuador and has become a Premier League star very quickly indeed. 
uh, it would be, of course, quite uh, satisfying to see Arsenal beat uh, <laughs> Chelsea to a signing. I'd love that to happen, um, but we'll have to wait and see if indeed we are able to win that race. Okay, let's go to part two and your questions right after this. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, questions then in the chat box. Uh, Amira says, I find myself predicting Tom segues as he reads out the news. It's like a game now. <laughs> can you guess how I'm going to segue into the middle part adverts? I wonder if you can. Um, of course, those that listen on Spotify, iTunes don't uh, even hear it. <laughs> so uh, they'll be wondering, what is he talking about? Uh, AJ Boy says, Tom, uh, now do you think Matt Smith could join if Sambi goes, I think Arsenal fans are sleeping on Matt Smith a bit. Uh, he has not been given a chance yet, has he? I mean, he's, what, 22, I think, years of age now. He's not exactly like what you describe as a real youngster. He's, yeah, 22. He turns 23 in October, but he is 22 until he turns 23. Worth remembering that. Um, but uh, he isn't what you would describe as a, as a youngster anymore. I imagine this summer a decision will be made on his uh, on his situation. I'm not sure as to what his contract is. Have a quick look. Uh, it doesn't actually say uh, when his contract expires on transfer marks. So very interesting uh, indeed that Matt Smith continues to be without an opportunity. Um, but he will indeed turn 23 in October, and I am assume, assume a decision will be made on him very soon. Will he be able to get into the team with Lukonga? With Elneny out, with Lukonga maybe going? Who knows? But he does shine when he plays for the youth sides and stands a bit of a head above a rest, but he is a little bit more, significantly further along in his development compared to the others. Uh, Aaron says, hi, Tom, who would you go for in the window between now and then uh, as it closes in midfield? It depends on the budget and, you know, what we're capable of doing. And I know that sounds a bit of a cop-out answer, and it probably is. But if we can spend big, you know, I think Moises Caicedo would be a fantastic addition to the squad. Um, can play as an eight. I think he can play potentially deeper, but I think he's better playing slightly further forward. But if we are desperate, I have no problem in seeing him play slightly deeper in that midfield. But that's a lot of money. You know, £75 million is a lot of money. Uh, we have Jakub Kivior, of course, who can play DM and has played DM plenty of times during his early career in Italy uh, and abroad from there as well. I think there are a lack of obvious options. Ibrahim Abamba, as we talked about today, is a very exciting young player that you could look to go for. And then that doesn't kind of uh, stop in any way you signing someone like Declan Rice because he's a young prospect and he's a, probably a good replacement for El Nenny in the long term. It's difficult um, 
to think, though, where you can move in January for that type of player. Mikel Moreno is someone I like. At Sociedad, we've obviously been linked to Martin Zubimendi as well, but he has a release course and said to not want to leave Real Sociedad before the end of the season. It's tough. And it's going to be tough to find that right player. Uh, Raf says, uh, how would you approach the DM situation? Do you go all out now and miss out on summer sweepstakes or get a top one now? The hope is, Raf, that we can do both. It's difficult to know how you can, but the hope is that we could do both. I suppose it would depend on if we win the league, you know, that Champions League money coming in, all those things, how much we sell in terms of players moving out. Would we be able to have the budget to go big on another midfielder in the summer? I'd hope that we would do, but it is very difficult um, to imagine you being able to not miss out on, say, Declan Rice if you bring in a Caicedo now, even though they are slightly different players. Uh, Nightmare says, do you think the Elneny injury would accelerate the timeline for the move for Rice, or is it more likely they'll move for a six-month loan? The problem with the Rice deal in January is that West Ham are going to ask for a stupid amount of money. They're going to ask for way more than they probably would even ask for in the summer. You're going to be looking at upwards of $100 million to convince West Ham to sell Declan Rice. I just can't see that happening. And I guess there is part of Rice that would probably want to see him see out the season and help West Ham stay up from relegation. There's also that that's probably going to be involved in it. Manu says, could Sambi still move to Burnley in the summer if they get promotion? I think it would have made sense for their promotion push. Yeah, I think that is a viable option considering that Vincent Company, who was his manager at Anderlecht, is still at Burnley and has done very well this season. And there is an expectation that they will indeed return straight to the Premier League. And the company has done an excellent job in really overhauling that Burnley squad into more of a, a footballistically pleasing side compared to what they were before. Uh, I would be happy to see him move there. And I think there's a good chance that he might move there uh, in the summer because, of course, the relationship between company and Lukonga already exists. Uh, Daiki says, uh, do we know uh, Do we know why we pulled out of the Danilo deal? And what hints does this give for the profile of a midfielder that we may go for in the window? Uh, the reason being, is, to my understanding, is they just weren't entirely convinced. Uh, they've obviously had more time since the summer to watch and analyse Danilo. And they just weren't convinced enough to move for the player. I've always said and talked about on the channel how he, he is quite raw. You know, there's a lot of things in his game that need to develop and improve and be refined. And that will probably happen at Nottingham Forest. But for Arsenal to take a risk, and if he was to come in for an extended period, they weren't seemingly comfortable to be able to put that emphasis on him. But that is kind of the benchmark, isn't it? Danilo then becomes that player that you measure potential transfer targets against. Um, if they aren't better than him, then surely you're not going to see them join the club during this window. Uh, Raul says, Tom, what do you think about Kefren Turan as Partey's competition in midfield? He's got great potential and family name, of course, young and cheap. I don't know how cheap he would end up being, uh, of course, and how much they would charge for Kefren Turan, but I see a lot of the listeners suggesting him. I can't say I've watched loads at all of Kefren Turan, brother of Marcus, um, but uh, I've not seen too much. So I couldn't comment to say he's the right player, but I do see plenty of people in our comment section suggesting him maybe as an option. Uh, the Warlock says, Morning, Tom. Question, does us trying to sign Ivan Fresneda mean there isn't a pathway for Norton Cuffey to the senior team? I mean, if we were to sign Fresneda, you would think that that pathway for Norton Cuffey becomes much more tricky. Uh, the, the outlook remains on Fresneda that Dortmund are pushing significantly for his signing. Arsenal, it seems, haven't pushed uh, since that kind of terms was necessarily agreed with Dortmund. And that just means that they've agreed kind of a price, but they've not necessarily officially bid. They've worked out what they would need to pay if they wanted him. I think this injury to El Nenny has probably taken some focus off of the Fresneda deal, which has probably allowed Dortmund to do what they're doing. The Cedric deal also ran on a little bit, which didn't help things. But 
you should be able to get two deals done at once, really, if you really want them. I think the Fresneda situation is more so because they just like the profile so much they were trying to get that one done. It wasn't them saying that Rule Waters or Norton Cuffey aren't good enough. They just saw an opportunity and thought this guy could be really good for what we need. But it looks like Dortmund maybe are going to be ending the race for that one. Um, Reese says, Tom, I have a mate that's a Blackpool fan and he reckons that Patino needs another loan. Uh, can you get anyone that can back up these claims? Of course, we'll be doing, Reese our loan roundup at the start of February. So I'll make sure that it's something that I ask when we do that. Uh, Jake says, Tom, would you take Anana in place of Caicedo if the latter proves to be too expensive? Yes, I would. I would take Amadou Anana. I liked him when he was at Lille and we covered Anana in the summer and he was definitely showing plenty of promise then. Um, but I, I would take him as a potential option. I think he's shone at Everton in a, in a dark place. He's been kind of the only bright light that's been there this season. So, yes, I would take Amadou Anana in January, but we would have to get him on a decent deal around that 40 million price tag maximum. Everton apparently want closer to 50 million to sign him. Um, Keenan says, Caicedo's eye test is fantastic. However, his stats penalty are somewhat underwhelming. Could he be another Basuma? Let's have a quick check of Caicedo on FB ref and see what the statistics are saying here. Uh, it comes out okay. I mean, tackles in the 83rd percentile, pass completion 79th, interception 77. Uh, he's quite a good all rounder there. Progressive passes could be better. Um, and uh, 3.85 progressive passes per 90. So he's not too bad, um, at all. And I think obviously playing in a Brighton team, um, where you've got everyone doing so many different roles. Stats always need to be applied to context. So I, I like the player a lot. I think he's done really, really well. And uh, wherever he moves, they'll be getting an asset of a player if they end up signing him. Uh, let's go to Desalegan. Desalane? Desalane. I think it might be Desalane. Uh, thank you for your question. And apologies for my terrible pronunciation of your name. Uh, Tom, who do you prefer? Rice or Caicedo? Uh, Declan Rice. I would rather. I'll sign. Uh, the Sox guy says, uh, what would you say is our weakness, uh, if any, as a team? Uh, one is depth, of course, and strength in depth at the moment. In terms of tactically, what's our weakness? Hmm. I mean, the obvious answer is always to go, well, the space in behind Zinchenko, if you can indeed get it. I think also pressure on the, on, on Partey. If you can pressurise Partey and get the ball, like Manchester United did, for example, just popping into my mind. If you can pressurise Partey and win the ball in our, in our own defensive thirds or in near the middle third as possible, it can it can get quite good against us on the break. Uh, I also think, obviously, our, our right-hand side at times when Wyatt has been, and Tommy Asu, of course, when either of them have played, they've been cut inside by the likes of Mitama. Think about the Brighton game. Sometimes we can be a little bit maybe too standoffish in those examples. I know that you need to jockey and give yourself space to be able to defend, but Maybe that we can be a little bit too standoffish at times. But to be honest, I am nitpicking. <laughs> I really am nitpicking at the moment. It's going to be things on the counter, mainly, if we've over we've overcommitted in certain circumstances. We do push forward. Xhaka certainly gets far forward in, in, in attacking positions, and that can leave us a bit exposed on the counter. So I'd say that's the main one that we look to. Um, Brett says, hi, Tom. Did we know that Partey had such a blistering top-end speed? Uh, he's never been, like, slow, and I think, obviously, when he gets going, his top speed has been very, very good. So, yeah, I, I think that that's, that's fair. I think that Partey is, is he's not a slow player at all, and he showed that. I also don't think that Anthony's particularly fast. 
And I think maybe his pace has been overrated somewhat. I didn't think he was fast at all. And I think that's certainly the case and is continuing to be the case right now. Um, Isoa says, do you agree that Arsenal's module mostly is not to sign uh, a world-class player? It's to get players at, say, 60% and then elevate them to 85 and above. I think that Arsenal know that if they can do that, they're going to be able to get players at a lower price tag. There are going to be certain situations in the future, especially with us competing for titles, we hope, continually, that we are going to sign players that are already world-class because that's what title challengers have to do. They have to bring in some players that they can develop and some players that are already going to give you that immediate impact. But yes, you're absolutely right in saying that we want to bring in players that are good enough to make an immediate impact, but that can grow into even better players. I mean, if you look at... Uh, Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko, they are the perfect examples of that. I think there is still more to come from both of those players and they're showing that. I think we're seeing Zinchenko as an even better player now already at Arsenal than what we saw at Man City. So at the 25, it's a really good age to buy at because it gives you something immediate and it gives you something to look forward to uh, and doesn't necessarily negate any any sell-on value either. Um, in case it doesn't necessarily work out in two or three years. So I think that's a good age, but obviously we are looking at younger players like Kivior as a good example of this window and us doing that as well. Um, Samuel says, why not spend big and bring a quality midfielder in this window? I hope we don't regret it at the end of the season. The question is who? You know, we say Rice, but he's going to cost you a silly amount of money at 100 million plus, and that's just not going to happen. We say Caicedo, but even 75 million pounds is a hell of a lot of money to see us spending when we've already spent upwards of 40 million during this window as well. And of course, there is the hope that we would go for a Declan Rice in the summer. It's a fine balancing act, and you have to find the right players at the right price, and you can't com- you can't compromise always on your value. We've got to where we are because we've not compromised on our values in the recruiting market. And yes, still Edu gets plenty of criticism and frustration, but I appreciate what we've done and how we've done it because it means we're going to be where we are this season and hopefully be able to sustain that into the future. And I want to be at the top for as long as possible. And if you make rash decisions and you sign players for the sake of it and you overspend continuously, it starts to see things like we've seen with Chelsea or we start to see things like we've seen with Manchester United. It's just not sustainable. And uh, you see the likes of 70 million Harry Maguire sitting on the bench and you know, things like that. So, yeah, I think we need to be smart and savvy with what we do. Uh, Ayush says, what's your thoughts on Wilfred and Didi and Ibrahim Sangara? Indeed, he's tried it, kind of trailed off a bit at Leicester. I might be being unfair because of their situation. And I suppose I do allow the context to be applied to Tielemans as well. So I suppose you have to do the same thing for Ndidi. Um, Sangara is always someone that I've liked over the last season or two. And even when he was at Toulouse before he made that move, was on our radar. Uh, I think he's a potential replacement for Partey. But he has just signed a brand new contract in the summer and removed that 30 plus million release clause that was in his deal. So that's no longer there. And again, he would be able to uh, sign a significant uh, amount of money. Uh, Marco says, uh, Bailey leaving Football London. Did Edu sign him? No, Bailey's gone to Google. Uh, he's doing a sport role at Google. So we wish him the absolute best of luck. But you'll still see Bailey on here. Uh, me and Bailey are still very, very good friends indeed. And we wish him the best of luck in the next stage of his career. And um, yeah. He's got a great opportunity and I hope he smashes it. And I look forward to speaking to him on the channel. And I hope you do too. Uh, Alfonso says, hey, why do we not bring Charlie Patino back and put Sambi on loan? Uh, because A, El Nenny's injured and we don't need to weaken ourselves further. But I'd bring Patino back if we can't do anything else. I absolutely agree with you. I would do that. I think it's a, I think it's an option. If we, I'd rather we, re- we brought him back than didn't do anything. I think that's absolutely something. I, I don't think the club have ruled out, uh, to my knowledge, 
any recalls for the likes of Balogun and, and Patino. I don't think they've ruled that out at all, but they obviously want to try and bring somebody in. That's that's kind of where we're at at the moment. Uh, Mohammed says, we cannot afford committing the same errors as last summer by not signing a midfielder. We cannot rely on Partey alone, knowing who with his injury record. Um, I'd go for Yunus Musa, a huge talent. Again, not necessarily a Partey replacement. Um, he's more so in the style of Caicedo, where I look at him more as an eight than I look at him more as a six. So it's interesting to suggest Yunus Musa as the player, because again, like Caicedo, more of the, the eight style position than he is the six style position. So there you go. Um, Let's go to Gunnar Jacob says, Tom, what, what was Bailey's transfer fee and add-ons to Google? Oh, I think he got a free transfer knowing Bailey. Uh, he swindled a little free deal. <laughs> that's what that's what Bailey did. Um, Jared says, morning, Tom, and the TGT crew. Glad to be uh, catching some of the live shows. Of course, Jared still... Oh, no, Jared, you should be in the Maldives right now. Uh, congratulations on the wedding, of course. I know you'll finally be able to get away. Uh, and it was a pleasure to meet you in uh, in my family restaurant, of course, in Leicester Square. <laughs> I don't have a family restaurant in Leicester Square. Um, but uh, it was a pleasure to see you, Jared. So there you go. Um, Coyote says, safe to say bye to Tielemans deal in the summer when Rice comes in. I don't necessarily think so. I think Rice obviously can cover more so for Partey and Tielemans would be more of a competitor for Xhaka. So I don't necessarily think one rules out the other. Um but yeah, it depends on if we sign like a Caicedo. If you sign like a Caicedo or someone similar to that, um, then, you know, you're not going to get Tillemans. That's just not going to happen. Um, anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, I really appreciate your time, as always. Do indeed drop a like on the video. I've been getting over a thousand likes so regularly. It means a lot when you can indeed drop those uh drop those likes. So I really would appreciate it if you can do it. Uh, of course, we'll be back a little bit later on this afternoon, uh, 6 p.m. UK time with our preview show for the season. Uh, and I really look forward to that as well. Uh, you're very welcome, Keenan. Very welcome indeed. I think I saw another couple of comments. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Mohamed, he's not a pure number six. I mean, I'm just looking now at his season. Uh, he's played the majority of games at central midfield. He's even played right wing and he's even played attacking midfield as well. So, no, don't think Yunus Musa is a pure number six at all. But I would definitely go and recommend you watch him uh, to find out. Uh, you're welcome, Nightmare. You're welcome, Sam. Uh, you're welcome, everybody in the chat box. Thanks so much for joining us, as always. As I say, preview show a little bit later on today, 6 p.m., where we look ahead to the game against Manchester City. Um, you'll be able to do that, of course, uh, Erling Haaland and co to come. And I'll be up there at the Etihad Stadium tomorrow evening. Uh, looking forward very much so to my first time there. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's wrap things up. I'll see you soon. Have a great day. Enjoy your Thursday. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.